Welcome back to the Wasatch Brothers Real Estate Podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Wasatch Brothers uh, Real Estate Podcast. We have our first guest. His name is Devin Hubbard. I go back with Devin, man, it's like 2008. We met uh, at ACN, multi-level marketing. <laughs> and we, we've been friends on Facebook since. And then he got into real estate, uh, I think, five years ago. Uh, I'll let him tell all his story. But I've been watching him on social media. And it just seems like he's doing a lot of big things in the real estate world. I talked to him about a year ago, wanted to get my real estate license and chickened out and went into insurance and uh, fast forward about a year in advance. Now I'm joining his team with him. Um, Just a little bit about Devin. Last month, he just received an award for the top 250 producing real estate agents in Utah. Uh, Right now, he's developing a 116 unit apartment complex. And he started by flipping and wholesaling and he was at a regular nine to five job and he was able to create more income flipping and wholesaling than he was at the nine to five. So that's, uh, that's what got him into real estate. So everybody welcome Devin Hubbard, Devin, we're happy to have you as our first guest. You should, uh, feel lucky. (laughs) Yeah, I, I am. I do feel lucky. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Anytime. So uh, maybe you could just give us a synopsis of what you, what's happening in real estate right now, what your last week or month has been, and what you had to do to get to the top 250 uh, in, in uh, Utah as a producing agent. Awesome. Well, yeah, I got started in real estate about six years ago, and as Jordan said, I, I was still working a nine-to-five and uh, I slowly made my way into real estate full-time. So I actually was wholesaling, flipping, collecting rentals um, uh, for about three years until that third year, we made twice as much in real estate part-time as I made it my full-time job. And so my wife was actually one that was like, dude, what are you, what are you doing? It's time to do this full-time. <laughs> so... Uh, luckily I had her blessing and, uh, that was the goal, you know, the whole time was to eventually be, to be able to be an entrepreneur, business owner, real estate guy, and, you know, do my thing. So, uh, thankfully we, we got there and that was about three or four years ago. And, and so, um, yeah, as I mentioned, I kind of got in on the investing side, but as I started doing real estate full-time, it just financially and mentally made sense to get my real estate license. And so I got my real estate license about, oh, three years ago and uh, three years in August. And well, I guess it'll be three years this coming August. And so, so it's um, only been two and a half years with your license. Correct. <laughs> yep. And so it just, it just made sense. And I, I felt like I was leaving opportunity um, and, you know, dollars on the table because I had people constantly, 
knowing that I was in real estate, but I wasn't an agent. And so they were wanting me to help them get into a house or sell a house or, and so, um, you know, those opportunities came and went because I had to just refer them to somebody else that could, um, help them out. And, um, yeah, so luckily, you know, between, flipping and wholesaling and getting my license it's opened a lot of doors and opportunities for me and uh, just in the last year and a half or so I've gotten into developing as well and just through you know the connections and networking um, and now we're in the process of developing a 116 unit apartment building um, up in in Ogden and so um yeah, it's just been, you know, a little bit of a snowball effect, started small and just expanded my knowledge and my networking and, and confidence and the abilities, you know, what I could do. And, and uh, the, the best part is I feel like I'm just getting barely getting started. So that's cool. That it's pretty interesting to me, because I guess when I think of real estate, I just think you have to get your real estate license. And I know when we first started talking, you told me, hey, you, you don't need your real estate license to get involved. But what was your thought process behind it? Were you always thinking, oh, I, I at least want to invest in real estate and you never thought about becoming an agent or had you always had the idea and you just wanted to do some deals before you actually got your license? Yeah. So the funny thing is when I met my wife 13 years ago, I was actually taking the classes to get my real estate license. And so this, you know, this started probably along, you know, 13, 14 years ago. And um, I finished all the classes and then just bombed the test so many times that I just finally <laughs> gave up. <laughs> How many so, times did you take them? Uh, to be honest, I don't know. I would say probably five or six times I failed the test. <laughs> I, did, I stopped yeah. keeping track because it was such a confidence booster, <laughs> but, yeah. uh, but, um, and so I, I literally, you know, at that point I didn't know any better and I didn't know any different. And so I just thought, well, I guess I'm not meant for real estate. And so I, I know I just kind of kept doing this nine to five thing. And, then and what was, was your job? What were you doing? So I worked for the LDS church in their welfare program. And uh, I was working with, you know, missionaries and volunteers and just packaging product to go all over the world for people okay. in need, whether it was third world countries or, you know, some type okay. of Hurricane Katrina or whatever it was, they were delivering the products that yeah. we would package. And so I did that for probably 12 years between before and after uh, my mission. I was probably there about 12 years. And so it was, you know, it was a decent gig, but it it wasn't going to necessarily make me rich or give me the lifestyle that I wanted. And so I knew, you know, I, I loved the people that I was with and it was a great cause. But at the same time, it wasn't going to get me necessarily to where I wanted to be. And yeah. even my manager, there were days where my manager told me, he's like, man, I, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how long I can do this. Or, you know, I, I don't know if, if the money, even being at almost at the top of the ladder was worth it because of all. <laughs> of <them."> That's not good. <laughs> and so I was like, 
uh, yeah, that, that, you know, that speaks volumes. And so, um, and so, yeah, I luckily six, seven years ago, my wife and I, uh, found, you know, a different way to get into real estate. And that was through the investing side, uh, with a local company that kind of, it had a built-in community, built-in education. And so, you know, we, it didn't require a license. I didn't have to pass a test this time around. And so, um, it made sense. So you loved and, that, huh? <laughs> yep. Yep. So I, I, I was all over it. And so, yeah, we got in our, the first deal we did was just a single family rental. And then. Okay. So tell, I, you've told yeah. me this story a couple of times, but I want you to tell the audience how your first deal came about. And this was after you failed all the tests, right? Yeah. So yeah, I, I failed all the tests 12, 13 years ago, stopped doing real estate, but then we got into the investing side which, you know, was clearly different, not requiring a real estate license. And so we got back in about six or seven years ago, just from, you know, specifically just investing side. So was it your first deal? You knew a lady from church and you went to her family and did you buy that as a rental or did you flip it? So that was my first fix and flip. It was a lady that lived in my neighborhood that yeah, I went to church with, and I had, I'd heard that she had passed away, and it was you know a lady that we visited to take the sacrament to for years, and so I got to know her, and uh, I figured you know if there's an opportunity for me to you know kind of help this family out, or an opportunity for my first deal. Um, you know, this may be the perfect one. You're, you know, they always talk about finding motivated sellers and there's a million different reasons why they might be motivated, but uh, death is usually one of them. And so I just, I literally just hand wrote a letter that said, sorry about the passing of so-and-so. Please let me know if you have any interest in selling. I would be very interested in this, in this home. And it was actually the two sons that inherited the home. And they called me, they actually called me the same day that I left the letter there. And it, we didn't come to terms immediately. Uh, they wanted a number and I told them I needed to be at another number. I think they wanted 120, 125. And this, again, this was years ago. So to think that you could even pick up a house for that much nowadays is crazy. <laughs> but, uh, I was going to say, is this uh I don't know. A mobile home is <laughs> yeah. not it. It was a small, uh, what they call a patio home, just one level. It was three bed, one bath, and it was like fourteen hundred square feet with a a garage and a carport. And it wasn't anything fancy. It was a solid home, but it was built in like the early fifties. And I literally don't think they had done anything to update it since it was like the day it was built. And so and carpet just, and everything. <laughs> yeah, it was all original hardwood floors, like the curtains, wallpaper, everything was probably original. And uh, so anyway, they were wanting 125 and we told them to make it work. We'd have to be around 105, but we would pay cash. We'd buy it as is, you know, they could leave behind anything they didn't want, take what they want, leave behind what they don't want just to make it as easy and, and convenient as possible. And so, um, 
a few weeks later, they ended up calling us back and saying, Hey, you know, we, if you're still interested, let's make it work. And I said, you bet, let's do it. So we came to terms at 105. Uh, we updated the whole inside. I was at, again, you know, it's a smaller home and this was years ago, but we dumped about 20 grand into it, which today you'd probably have to do 30 to 40 maybe. And, uh, 20 grand on the remodel or, or are you talking about down? Okay. I thought you were saying down payment. Yeah. Just so. and then Sorry. we sold it for 160. We had it under contract for 170. It appraised for 166. So by the time everything was said and done, we walked away with 26 grand. That's great. Wow. Cool. And the, you know, so was, I have a question about you doing this. So for somebody that wants to, because you you kind of got into a, a, a different route, like especially for me. So like I just have my license and I'm just doing, you know, residential transactions. So for somebody that maybe wants to do the investment route, were you guys just smart with your money and you had cash or how did you get the funding to purchase their house cash? Yep. So good question. We actually, my wife and I actually got what's called a HELOC, a home equity line of credit. So we had enough equity in our home in our personal residence that a bank or, uh, you know, any type of credit union, will give you a certain percentage if you've got enough equity in your home. And so we could leverage that line of credit. And so that's what we leveraged for the rehab. Um, But we actually found what's called a hard money lender that uh, a good friend of mine referred. And the hard money lender said, hey, I'll actually give you $7,000 if you want to walk away and basically wholesale me this deal. And, you know, you don't even have to do anything. I'll just give you seven grand. And he, and I knew I could trust him when I told, when he told me this and he said, but I know you can make more money if I'm the hard money lender. So if for any reason you decide you don't want to let me know, and I'll give you seven grand to basically walk away. But he said, but I know if you're willing to flip it yourself, you can make a lot more. So that's really that's, cool that he was honest with you about that. Yeah, yeah. Yep. And so, um, yeah, we ended up flipping it ourselves. And from the time we bought it to the time we sold it was just shy of 90 days. And yeah, we walked away with about 26 grand after, you know, we paid our hard money lender after we paid the rehab back off and everything, you know, net profit in our pocket was about $26,000. That's awesome. That is so really after cool. you after you did that deal and made that type of money, was that back like okay? Because you said before I failed the test so many times that I just thought real estate wasn't for me. After you had that deal, was it like all right, maybe I can do this? And did it light a fire under you, or were you still hesitant and wanted to do maybe a, another deal like that before you got your real estate license? Um, so yeah, that I had zero plans when I first got started to get my license that kind of just slowly came with time and, and experience. Um, yeah, first when I did this, when I did this specific deal, I had no desire to get my license. Um, I had a good friend that was an agent at the time. And, um, And so I felt like I didn't need to, but it definitely gave me that confidence, like, heck yeah, I can do this. 
you know, when, when you're making 60 grand, 50, 60 grand in a year and you're working 40, 50, <laughs> 60, you're working 40, 50, 60 hours in a week to make, you know, to make 50, 60 grand in a year. And then you were able to flip a house on the side and get and within 90 days, make $26,000. It was like a game changer, a confidence booster. And just like, you know, it clearly opened our eyes like, okay, we can do this. You know, cause my wife yeah. was a school teacher. She, she taught part-time for off and on part-time and full-time, but she was working, you know, teachers get summers off, but she was working nine full months to make like basically the same amount of money over just 12 made. months. Yep. Yeah. So this, so, that was, that was definitely like the, I guess the first flake in the snowball that we kind of discussed earlier, as far as getting rolling and just building that confidence. So maybe you could uh, tell us what the feeling was after that deal and the conversation between you and your wife, because I imagine a lot of people that are thinking about real estate, including me, maybe one person's on board and the spouse isn't so much, or they just don't get it or understand you know, how to quit a job and real estate doesn't just happen all of a sudden. You, you don't get a guaranteed paycheck. So what was the conversation between you and your wife? And maybe when did it switch from you're both on board or were you always both on board? Um, I would say we were both on board, but you know, sometimes you're not always at the same level. And yeah. so, and it, and it's funny, whether it's family, friends, neighbors, like the funny thing is that this property that we flipped was in our neighborhood. So, you know, friends and family, we literally had family members in, in our neighborhood. We had friends in our neighborhood and we had neighbors in our neighborhood all watching this happen, aware of the situation. And we literally had people asking us like if everything was okay be, before we sold the home, you know, cause sometimes it takes, you know, once it goes under contract, you're usually looking at 30 days before the house closes and it yeah. was a VA loan. So it took a little bit longer. And, and we, so we literally like looking back 90 days is extremely small. Like some people take six, nine months to flip a house, 12 months. if it's mm -hmm. like a big, big project. We were able to buy this house and have it sold and closed on it and walked away with our money within 90 days. But even within that 90 days, we had people like questioning if we were OK financially, if we were going to make it like or just <laughs> double checking on us, like concerned about our situation. And, you know, we didn't go out and tell everybody that we knew what, what had happened. But my in-laws lived right down the street. And when I told my father-in-law we had walked away with twenty six thousand dollars, he was like, oh. Oh, okay. That's, that's good. <laughs> so, uh, it was, it was just kind of funny, you know, like, and, and even now I actually just had a conversation with a family member yesterday where they felt like they needed to defend me and my choices and the direction I've gone the last handful of years. And because other people think, Oh, you know, real estate, we're in this bubble, you know, what are you going to do with the downturn? You know, like I feel like with my experience and not that I'm an expert, but I've done enough and I feel like I know enough that whether the, the market is the way it is now, like crazy hot, ridiculous, like no inventory and a million buyers, or whether it's, you know, there's a million homes 
on an inventory and low buyers. Like I feel like the expertise that I have now is enough that I could, I could manage in any market, whether it's an up or down, you know, hot market, slow, cold market. Like it's just a matter of your mindset and also your knowledge and experience and your connections too. Because I feel like when you hire me as your agent or if you work with me, not only do you get me, but you get, you know, all of my network included. And I feel like, you know, five or six years of networking, that's kind of been my niche and my forte is I have a lot of connections. And if I can't necessarily help you myself, then I know somebody that can or can help me help you type thing. So, you know, it's just, it's, you know, they talk about your, your network is your net worth. And I truly believe that because I'm, I'm very limited on what I can do, but because of who I know and what, you know, between my own skills and experience and people that I know with their skills and experience, I, you know, we can probably tackle any feasible deal. Yeah. Yeah. That's really cool. I, I relate to your family members, kind of the mindset, because I remember talking to you before the pandemic hit and I was like, what do you think is going to happen? And your response is always, well, I don't know. I don't, you know, I mean, no one really knows, but for me, I, I thought that for sure, because of the pandemic, everything was just going to tank. And I look back at it now and realize, man, I, I should have gotten in when I had the initial feeling. And I've talked to my grandpa as well. He's been, he made a fortune in commercial real estate. And he said, there's always going to be something, uh, you know, people are going to complain about, you know, the market's too good right now. There's not enough inventory or it's too slow, but he said, there's always going to be something, but the good agents figure it out. They know how to work around it and, and make it work for themselves. And I think being around you, um, and going to certain real estate events with you, I've seen how people kind of gravitate towards you and, and ask, you know, what are you doing? And I think to me, <clears throat> you're so humble and soft-spoken that, uh, it, you know, it, it works really well because you listen to what people are saying and you make them feel important. And I, I think that's a huge part of it. Whereas a lot of real estate agents or even salespeople, they're so eager to, to say what's on their mind or sell you why, why, why. And me and Darren have both been in sales long enough that we know it's, you're not really a great salesman or an, an agent unless you're able to listen and help the person. And I think that's probably why you've done so well is you've been able to help people just like your first deal. You know, uh, it, it's a, terrible situation where their mom passes away but you reach out to the brothers they're willing to sell you the property because you're helping them and then it also turns into a win for you so um yeah I've, I've been i've been super impressed uh by the way you handle yourself and we haven't been around each other a ton but um i think that's why devin's so successful in, in what he does um Darren, did you have, I have a question, question for you? Yeah. Yeah. Devin, what is it? Uh, what have you done to try to like grow your network? Like what type of activities are you doing? That's helping with that. Are you like constantly reaching out to people or what are some good tips for people to do that? Cause it is, it's, 
it's it's who you know you know that's yes. gonna help you to you can only do so much as a solo person and the people that are successful they have other successful people around them that they you know collaborate with and then it helps them to do it's a win-win for every party because it just kind of catapults people to doing even bigger things yeah no it's I'll, I'll admit it's been a little bit more challenging with the whole COVID stuff. And I'm such a people person. I hate, I'm not as big of a fan, I guess, with the Zoom stuff like we're doing right now. Um, it, it's, it clearly serves a purpose and it's been a, a game changer through all of this to, to still allow people to network. But, uh, um, you know, being an agent, there's constantly stuff you can go to and attend, whether it's uh, CE classes or different things. And, and a lot of my deals come from other agents that know that I'm an investor and that I, you know, so I can, they'll bring me deals because I'll say, Hey, even though I'm an agent, you bring me a deal. You can represent me. If, you know, if the numbers work and I, and we close on the deal, you can represent me as the buyer and make a commission to incentivize and reward other agents for bringing me deals. So some great deals have come my way just because of, you know, that very fact. Um, but I'm also on the board of what's called the Northern Utah RIA, which is a real estate investors association. So when, again, when I first got started years ago on the investing side, uh, I, you know, I joined the Northern Utah RIA, the Salt Lake RIA, the Utah RIA, all these RIAs that I could go to and be a part of. That was always a great way, not only to learn from other experts in the area, but also to to network with other, you know, other, other investors in my community and in my in my market. And so um, being able to do that over the few years and I'm always trying to mastermind. So I'm always, you know, looking to join groups with like minded people. You know, and it's not only, you know, real estate, but I'm very open-minded to other business opportunities that create passive income or, you know, just other like-minded individuals. So I'm always looking to find people that are, you know, at my same level or even, you know, clearly past my same level to learn from, to grow from, and to surround myself with because, you know, I'm, I'm not going to get any bigger and better than I am now with the level of, you know, work and networking and stuff that I'm doing. So if I want to uh, elevate myself, I've got to elevate the people that I'm also around and a part of as well. So I would just say constantly looking for opportunities, whether it's meetups or even just social media stuff, um, that's, you know, that's been a great way for me to be able to network and just meet people online um and so yeah just constantly being open-minded to to opportunities and networking and and i've invested a lot you know financially in myself over the last five or six years i think my wife and i um we're trying to count recently and it's probably been probably close to six figures that we've invested in ourselves over the last handful of years between you know working with uh working with mentors and whether it's real estate related or mindset related or fitness and training type stuff, like we we're just constantly trying to improve and better ourselves in, in many different ways. And I think you meet a lot of 
good quality people in that same sphere doing that same thing. Yeah. So I hopefully that answers your question. No, yeah, I think, yeah, it does. I think you're dead on. Cause there's a book sell like Serhant or Serant is a bestseller. And he said when he first started, you know, he didn't really know that many people and he wasn't passionate about real estate yet. But one thing he was passionate about was working out. So every time he was at the gym, to meet people instead of going up and say, Hey, you want to sell your house? You would ask them if they need water, if they need a spot or nice shoes. And that's how he met all of his people. I think he was 22 when he got into real estate and um, he's huge now, <clears throat> but I think doing things that you enjoy <clears throat> and investing time in yourself. And then like you said, you guys have invested over six figures. It, it, it reminds me of the story of LeBron. You always hear on ESPN. He's he's invested a million dollars in his body, but he's also one of the most dominant players ever. And he seems like he's not slowing down anytime soon. So um, I think it's a million a year, actually. A million a year, yeah. I think so. So that's yeah, what it, I think it, you're right. it reminded me of that when you said, <clears throat> Yeah, we in, we've invested uh six figures in ourselves. I think a lot of the top people invest in themselves. And I think that separates them from people that, that might not be willing to, or might have the mindset of, Oh, we need to save our money. And they never really get out of the, um, that, I don't know what to call it. Like a, a mindset of, of just being so conservative that you're, you don't blossom into what you're supposed to be. So I think that's great advice. Um, I have to go back to work in a little bit and I want to jump into your real estate investment property that you're doing, the, the apartment complex. Um, maybe you could give us just an update on what's going on and maybe what you see in the future with that. And if you're looking to do more or wanting to get into a different space besides just apartments. Sure. Yeah. So uh, this deal, uh, 116 unit apartment building came to me through Again, just networking actually through uh, the city. And so I built a relationship with a few of the, the city uh, employees and kind of found out about this deal um, when it was off market. And uh, we were able to tie it up and luckily uh, get it under contract um, and just found the right people along the way to help me tackle this deal. Cause I had never done anything like this before. So I really didn't know exactly what I was doing, but I had enough uh, experience and knowledge to kind of have an idea on how big it could be. And the funny thing is when we first got started, we were hoping this thing could have like 45 to 65 units on it. And then as we, as we evolved with our architect and our engineer and we finally hired our general contractor who, you know, their, their niche was multifamily properties all over Utah. And they probably built thousands of units over the last 15 years. And, and so clearly that was their expertise. So we brought them on not only as our general contractor, but also as our partner. And we, you know, we partnered with them on this project 50-50 and so not only do they have their own skin in the game, but they were able to help us do what's called value engineering. And so we 
we were able to add two levels of podium parking on the bottom and then four levels of housing on top. And so now that, you know, clearly when we started, it was 45 to 65 units and now we're sitting at 116. So, so I don't want to cut you off, but was it a raw piece of land you bought or was it already a building that you were like remodeling or knocking down? Yeah. So it was uh, just an acre and a half of raw land okay. right up okay. next to the hospital that it just sat there and literally never been developed ever before, okay. which is kind of crazy. <clears throat> Wait, you're fitting 116 units on an acre and a half? Yep. It's just, it's like 1.39 acres. Wow, that seems tiny, but yeah. So, how many levels of housing? So, we'll have two levels of podium parking, one level of parking below grade, one above grade, and then we'll have four levels of housing on top of that. So, it'll it'll just be like a big U shape, and then and then there's a we like a courtyard in the middle, but so almost uh, thirty units per level. Yep. Yeah. Right. So when, it, when are you guys expecting that to be done? 29. So we will break ground. The plan is to break ground in March. We're hoping before the end of March we'll break ground. So one of the cool things too is people think that you have to have, you know, we've discussed before, how did you flip your first house? I probably could have partnered with enough people to not have any money in my, in that deal. But I did at that time, I had a HELOC that I was able to use. And then I used some some hard money with this deal. I literally I've already made. Almost fifty thousand dollars between being the buying uh, buying agent for the land. And then we worked out a deal with our partner to pay us some of our development fee up front. Um, and so I've made almost fifty thousand dollars. I've got, you know, a couple not a huge equity partner in this deal, but I've got a percentage of this project in my back pocket and I have literally zero money of of my own into this deal. Um, And so the cool thing is if I wanted to, I could probably sell out some of my equity in this deal and I could probably walk away with $150,000 roughly and not literally just, you know, be able to walk away with that money, but I would walk away from the deal. And so I felt like that was a little bit short-sighted after talking to some friends and partners. And if we were to develop this, you know, it's going to probably take a year to develop it and close to a year to get it stabilized, which basically means to get it fully leased up with tenants. But at that point, you know, that, that equity might be worth instead of 150,000, that equity might be worth 300,000 or 450,000. So, you know, I'm not in a position right now where I, you know, desperate for that money. If I, if I were, I could, I would gladly walk away with that money and and move on and do other deals. But uh, I feel like, you know, that's clearly short-sighted and knowing the market and, and what's hopefully going to happen here, you know, with a class A property, with that location, I see it. Um, I see it doing very well. And even the lender that is doing the construction loan for us said, you know, we're underwriting 15 different deals right now. And your deal is our favorite out of all 15 that we're currently underwriting. 
So, you know, not, so <laughs> not, yeah, not to be boastful, but you know, it just gives you that confidence. Like, heck yeah. Like our location is good. We, you know, the product that we're putting together is going to be good. We're right next to a hospital. We're, we're a block away from Weber state university. So, you know, yeah, that's a great, I can't believe that hasn't been developed. Like that's crazy. Yeah. It's kind of mind boggling. It's, it's just right there in the middle of everything. Yeah. So anyway, um, okay. we're probably about two years out before we really start to see any type of monthly paycheck come in from it. <laughs> but uh, anyway, that's, you know, that's kind of where we're at. And I guess to also answer your other question, Jordan, um, this is, you know, it's been a, quite the learning curve, but I feel like this is just the first of many projects. So I'd love to get into mobile home parks or storage units or other multifamily projects and, uh, and just keep going. So this is hopefully just the first of many. That's awesome. I'm glad to, I'm glad I'm on your team and I'm learning from you because you <laughs> seem like a great person to learn from. Um, so we probably got to wrap this up. Is there anything else that you want to convey to our audience or do your own little plug-in? Maybe tell people uh, where they can go follow you or get in touch with you. Yeah, so I spend probably too much time on Facebook and Instagram, but those are probably the top two to find me. We all do, uh, Devin. We all do. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, I and I would say too, you know, people always talk about you've got to have all these resources. If you've got a deal that's good enough and the, you know, the opportunities, the money, you know, if you've got the deal, the money will come. And so, you know, if there's ever an opportunity for me to help somebody do their first deal or even their 20th deal or whatever, you know, I feel like I'm, I'm happy and willing to help somebody do their first deal. So if, if they've got the deal, but they don't have the money or they don't have the experience or knowledge to tackle that deal, um, you know, whether it's me or, or anybody else that you feel like you can trust to do a deal, know that you don't have to have all of those pieces to, to do a deal. So if you've got the deal, that's usually the hardest part is getting the actual deal. Um, once you find the right people to help you, you know, get that deal from A to Z, you know, then, then that's where the magic happens. But yeah, if there's ever an opportunity for me to help somebody um, do a deal or just connect somebody with somebody else that might be able to help them tackle a deal, then I'm always happy to, to be a resource that way. That's great. Sweet. So that give us good. your handle or your name or where, where people can specifically search you if they need to get in touch with you. Yeah. So Devin Hubbard on Facebook or Devin R Hubbard on Instagram. Um, I should be hopefully easy to find uh, skinny tall guy, but uh, <laughs> with lots of kids. <laughs> Yeah. And if you, if you are having trouble, reach out to me and Darren, uh, Darren, do you want to do a little plug for you? Where can people reach you? Darren's my blood brother, but that's how we came up with the the name Wasatch brothers because we figured the word blood in a real estate podcast probably wasn't the best. (laughs) So Darren, where can people find you at? Yeah. Same as Devin, Darren Wilcox on Facebook or, um, I'm pretty sure my handle on Instagram is Wilcox.Darren. I think that yeah. that's what it is. I'll have to double check, yeah. but I'm pretty, that sounds right to me. Oh, I know it is because I send you videos all the time and Thank I have you. memorized. Okay. So. Thanks for confirming. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, Devin, 
we'll probably have to have you on again as a guest because I'm eager for our audience to hear about how your units go and um, me and you will be in contact so much because we're on the same team. So we'll definitely have you back. And if you want to get in touch with me personally, I am at Wasatch Wheeler on Instagram, uh, I Twitter. I think I just switched everything to Wasatch Wheeler. Um, so till next time, we appreciate having you on. And, yeah, thanks, uh, Devin. You had a lot of good, good stuff to share. Yeah. It's kind of it's unconventional the route you've taken. So it's, it's good to very, yeah. Thanks for sharing stuff with us. So we appreciate it. Of course, there's no right or wrong way. So make it your own. Yeah. All right. I think that's that's true. And until next time, we'll talk to you guys soon. Okay. Okay. We'll see you guys. See ya.